And we're back for the Mad Awesome Show with plenty to talk about, both in-game and out-of-game, with a lot of Star Wars content going on. But again, as always, we'll leave that to the very end. Tila, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, uh, yeah, real good. Oh, did, did this, did, oh, I bet this did about the thing it does. Yeah. Sorry, Tila, could you say what you said again? No, I said I'm good. It's probably better if it was on the second take than the first take, so I'm good. Well, the bad news is everyone else heard you. I just didn't, so if you care about my opinion above all else, then I guess that's great. But all right, um, man, I, I think I think we just get right into it. We have a we have a few things we can talk about. You know, Teal, I'll let you choose. You want to talk about Grand Inquisitor or Datacrons? Oh gosh, Grand Inquisitor first. All right, so. We have a few things going on with him, all of which are relevant. Number one, this conquest is based around him. Number two, he's getting a ship. And number three, he's not coming back until December. Uh, so overall thoughts, Tila, what do you think? Um, I got to say, Sarah called in on this one for sure, like the cadence of when he would come back. Um, and I don't know. Like, I, I feel like he's so far away from my account, like personally, like, he's not a factor and same thing with the ship too it's like it's it, this was a time period that like I don't, I don't know how to feel about this conquest like i'm gonna go hard especially because the data crons and stuff like that but it's like i don't know when i'm going to be able to get the grand inquisitor so it's not a super priority for me because i feel like i could probably even gold crate the next couple of ones and um <laughs> and be okay you know just based on when i'm going to be able to get a grand inquisitor yeah, I would say it like gold crate is golden, and that's not just a, a fun joke. But as long as you get gold crate, you get whatever the character ship, whatever it is, in six months, and you never once have to touch proving grounds. You never once have to, uh, to put crystals into that or wait two years or whatever the whole thing is. So as long as you're gold creating, that's that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, so I'm in that decision making. I'm like, do I just hit the gold crate and? just go super heavy on datacrons instead of stressing about red crate. Because honestly, I don't think this three set, like these three months, I'm not going to have Grand Inquisitor. And I don't even think, I don't even know if I'm going to have him the next couple of three months. I don't know. Well, it's going to be tough decisions. If you miss December, if you don't get him in December, you really like probably shouldn't go. I mean, you, you know, everyone can go for red crate if they, if they want to, but I wouldn't stress it if you're not getting him December. Cause if you're not getting him December, He's not coming back for at least three months, which in case the next conquest will already be over and you'll already have the ship. So, yeah, and CG set the precedent of they can just bring it back whenever they want to. It's not like it's set, you know? Yeah, that's probably my biggest critique is they came out with a journey guide. It was mm, maybe top five. I feel like it's not. Would you say it was top five quality of life changes they did journey guide? It's top ten. I, I'd like the, the consequences of having the journey grade because they have those characters that go straight into it. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Um, because before that, we would have to wait the three-month cycle for them to kind of cycle back in. But, um, yeah, this guy doesn't even fall fall into it. So it's like it, it doesn't affect him. 
I don't know. Well, and this has been this has been a reoccurring issue. So we haven't thought about it for years because the last the last legendary to have a cadence was Jedi Knight Luke. And but th- this would happen. We would have like a normal cadence of like three or four months or whatever. And then all of a sudden it was Jedi Knight Revan who was like, I'm gonna wait five whole months. And CG gave some corporate answer for it. And they completely disregarded it for Darth Revan. Darth Revan came back in like less than three months or something like that. So I I think they should just move away from the cadences in general. And like so they need to make their money. Do what they do with Jabba, do what they do with Starkiller, and release the character while the characters the the required characters aren't farmable. So people still have to crack in on them to get them in the very beginning. But then, like, it, it just becomes this really crappy process of trying to play the guessing game. Like, there's it, this actually, and I'll be honest, it, this worked out really well for me. I am going to, this is the, <laughs> it is the perfect time. Like, I mapped it out. I might have to spend a few crystals on 7th uh, to get her shards in time. But for the most part, this is this is going to end really well for me. But for the vast majority of people, like, they played this guessing game. And some people have had Inquisitor's Relics for months. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I'm like, if I was one of those people, I would be extremely upset. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd be Because salty. it's like... <laughs> yeah, me too. Especially now, like, you're seeing the Inquisitors are useful. Like, taking out gas, taking out uh, Jabba the Hutt, especially with that counter, like... There's tons of areas that you could have used a Grand Inquisitor in GAC, let alone, like, TW and stuff like that. But it's like, I can't have that because CG didn't release him on a, I, I want to say proper cadence, but it, but he's his own entity. So the, the cadence as expected as the normal <laughs> legendaries. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's a thing. So I guess, I guess we probably properly expressed our feelings about that but how do you how do you feel about the ship overall do you like what it's going to be bringing to the fleet meta i'm frustrated with that too like man i've I'm never seen you this negative that's two yeah like but it's not it's a good ship don't get me wrong like it's gonna be awesome but it, it, it's gonna have to have or it's gonna have to push them towards i say a profundity or a, a um, ex- executor level because it's like, why give us two conquest ships from the Empire if it's not going to be up to that level? If it's just going to be in that negotiator malevolence level, like I don't think it makes sense. Because it was already doing pretty good work with uh, the second sister ship. So I, I just feel like if it's not to that level, they dropped the ball. They could have put in Red Five, and they could have gave us another viable ship, or even Mace Windu, just another viable fleet that they could have really just juiced up instead of something that is already doing really, really good. And you if this ship doesn't add anything extra, you kept them at the same spot with just adding another ship. I don't know. It's it's just kind of frustrating. Yeah, I, I'm curious as to where its its real ending home is going to be. Because there yeah. there's two schools thoughts and, and they could both be true. This could come out that both are true in the one the immediate the one that first came to my mind with the way CG was marketing it, and sometimes their marketing is wrong, uh, whether intentional or unintentional. But they're trying to make it look like you can use two Empire fleets at once. You you can have Vader and Second Sister on one fleet, and then you can kind of monkey around with this one as with under Executrix. And they, they've tried. Bringing in the two TIE Fighters in the beginning is kind of how they're facilitating that. It's kind of the same 
I guess it's lazy, but at the same time, like I really like the malevolence uh, fleet. Like <laughs> they didn't, they didn't want to give it the full seven characters, so they they came up with this uh, with the vault, the spawning vulture droids. And well, I guess that could be considered lazy. I I, I love I love that fleet. I think it's so cool. Um, so that kind of seems like their initial angle. But yeah, I think what what everyone else has in their head and also might be true is you make one empire super fleet that counters profundity. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Even even right now, like people are encountering the profundity with empire right now. That, so it doesn't make it easier. I, I don't know. Kind of. I don't, I don't know. It is well, kind of, kind of counter. But the thing is, it's like I don't know. If you do the split, does it dilute what their overall power is? And do you put them all together? I don't know. If if it counters profundity, like really, like a hard counter, I'm gonna be happy with that. But if it doesn't, then I'm gonna be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, it's a little it's a little awkward too because the uh, profundity hasn't been out very long. It'll be out six months. Ah, oh, that okay, that's decent ish. Six months um, by the time the ship hits and the what everyone's telling me, and I don't know if I 100% agree with, but they're saying the requirements for this are steep. I I guess that kind of um, I guess that kind of evens out because I I don't I don't really see it. But everyone's like, great. This is this is a huge paywall. And I guess I don't know if I want to go on that rant, but um, I don't I don't see it as a paywall. I see it more as like a time wall. Like, there's multiple characters that you have to get up. Like, now you have to do the Conquest um, ship. It, it, it's just a, a time wall more than anything. Because they've been out for, like, how long have they been out? Almost a year? Uh, no, they're not not quite there. But the, the last one that hit a hard node was in May. Which means... Okay. So if he comes out in December, you had seven full months to slow farm them. Which means if you spent zero crystals... Even if you had a Galactic Legend farm that screwed up everything with tickets, you could have had this by now. Literally, all you had to not do yeah. was just not ignore them, um, and a lot of a lot of people did. So I, I agree; it's definitely it's definitely not a paywall. You could you could definitely argue that it's end game. Like this this is not mid game friendly yeah. at all because mid game had sixteen other projects that they were working on that all looked better, and all, quite frankly, even with the ship, might have been better. So, yeah. I would I would be okay in the counter profundity like first order counters executor like very nuanced. And that's what I was gonna. Yeah, th- that's exactly what I was gonna say too. If it, it does it like that, then cool because it's gonna be based on relic levels and based on like other stuff. Make it make it competitive, you know. But if if it doesn't, if it's just in the same exact spot that it is now, I don't know. Like that's the part that's gonna suck. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited for the ship because it's a cool design. It looks cool. I, I just really want to see what it does once it hits the the hollow tables. Yeah, I so I'm, I mean I'm like big into ships. I don't I'm not sure if any. Well, that's that's a lie. So a lot of people are really big into ships, but <laughs> I, I'm not too picky what they do with them. For me, this is kind of a freebie because I was gonna get I was gonna get GI no matter what. So this is just like I said, it's a freebie for me. So that's fun. But yeah, I would be okay with like a sixty percent success rate against profundity, where if, if you put in the relic levels. If you put in all the stuff, you you get the turn order right. You know all the nuances. One dodge can ruin the whole thing. Like that, that wouldn't be so bad, I guess. Yeah, if they do it like uh, first order on executor, like I'll be cool. 
because it's like that takes skill that takes like knowledge or not even skill but just knowledge of the counters you have to have it down you can't just go in there and wing it no you you can't like you gotta and especially with the different lineups that people can pit like that changes your starting lineups too and which ones you call in like i would be happy with that but if it has no shot and you have two conquest units in the fleet and that seems like a steep price for for uh I don't know. I don't want to say mediocre because it's not mediocre, but like a negotiator malevolence level shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would be okay with that because that would be kind of middle ground. Because if we, if yeah. you look at the other two conquest ships, the last one was kind of on, I guess, the weaker side. It it definitely revolutionized the Empire fleet, but I mean, the Empire just started beating negotiator, which is very useful. I don't want to downplay that. But if you look at the first ship. That's Razorcrest. That is... That's like the most important ship for the meta, because if you don't have it, you don't get Executor, period. So you have one ship that's kind of middle ground. You you beat Negotiator. You have one that is very top of the line, like the, the most important fleet... And then you have one that's kind of in the middle that's a soft counter to one of the other important fleets. So I I, I think it yeah. could fit there well. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, I, and that's the thing. I'm not going to have it anyway. So I think that's probably why I'm a little salty. So <laughs> so maybe that's why. But we'll, we'll see when it comes out, like where, where its place is in the meta. And I think that's going to determine a lot. Yeah. All right, so very nice. Oh, yeah, so that kind of leads into the next one. Um, oh, it kind of does, kind of doesn't. But so we have our new set of Datacrons that have been released, and they keep kind of... I'm not mad about this. I'm a little... I guess slightly. Like, on a scale from 1 to 10, like a 1, annoyed. But they keep kind of changing how Datacrons work. Like, th- this time around, we have... I think we got maybe the same amount of level nines, but instead of having like three for three characters, they spread it out between like five or six characters and they didn't give a lot. Most of them didn't have multiples. Um, So what what are your thoughts on those right now? Um, I'm, I'm liking this set. Uh, There's a couple of gems in there. Uh, Shout out to solo and and self-promotion too. I got a video with him on the YouTube channel. Really good. We went really in-depth on the Datacrons. I was your average Joe just asking questions, and Solo came in with the knowledge. So, yeah, we, we kind of went through them. But I, I think the set has a lot of promising things, especially with the, the classes that we have, First Order and the Hunt Cartel and Bounty Hunters. But I, I think this set in, in general, especially for me and where my roster is, the stats. The stats is going to be really, really important because they have so much um, – uh, promise even for light side too even though this is a heavy dark side set i think with a light side is going to be really beneficial on the stats yeah so i have i actually drew up my own personal list because i'm i gated by quite a bit of relic levels and i'm i'm interested to see how many of them i hit the first round like the first initial like conquest run or whatever and then if i just on the second run like you said start just doing pure stats for light side teams like maybe ray with ben solo or whatever did you have like one or two i guess i guess this is probably a pretty good question to ask what's like your one and two what are what are like your must-haves that you're 
I'm gonna try your best to make things revolve around. Oh man, um, Hux for sure. Hux, I think everybody's gonna want Hux. Really? Um, I, I think so. Hux, Hux looks pretty disgusting. The thing is, yeah, you have to use them with SLK and Art, but there's opportunities where they're not using them with it. But I think, I think his is gonna be really interesting. Um, man, if I if I have the Omicron for Phasma, that would be a must too. I don't personally, so it's not in on my range right now, and I don't think I'm gonna apply the Omicron. But I think if I did, that would be a hundred percent must because that's gonna make her absolutely disgusting. Uh, and, and personally, I think it's just gonna come down to stats. Like I want to armor gas, I want to help um, steel ray, and I, I know I said more than two, but th those are gonna be the ones I really focus on. I think the main one is gonna be Hux, and then from there, it's gonna see what I get, and then stats. So you're you're referring to the Hux dominance one where he goes with SLKR. Yeah. What do you? Yeah. What what are your high hopes for that one? Uh, uh, hopefully, it makes it easier to counter uh, Java. I, I think there's an opportunity to do that with that one. If you can, then that's going to be really, really beneficial because it's like, I don't have Grand Inquisitor and I'm not going to have him for a while. What am I going to do when I face that Java? It's like, I, I need an answer. And if it's not him, hopefully it's something in this set that can really, really just push SLKR to that next level to be able to do it. Because Java's going to have a datacron too, so I, I need an answer. Yeah, that's a pretty good. So I didn't I didn't think about that. I still have my eyes set on SLKR versus um, Lord Vader, which I don't. I'm not sure if I should be doing that in general, but I, I do. I will say this: even without that, I like I like that datacron type. If that makes sense, where they're bringing known concepts into different areas like one thing that i would love to see if we ever got gr again and we probably will is to see some type of padme's leadership be active under jmk like the 10 percent protection up goes to 40 or they also become they also turns like something like that like take take a known concept of, of this character and move it kind of into another team so i i really i, I love the idea that hux gets to use dominance without having to be in the leader spot yeah, it's going to change a lot because of the, the counters. You can counter um, the level three on. It's going to be really good with the turn meter. Like, there, there's tons of opportunity for that SLKR team to go real, real ham, especially on a Java. Because if you're, you're telling me you can get all that on, on one team, I think there's a chance that it might be able to take it out. Because there's been instances where SLKR has been able to do some work with Java. It's just not consistent. So hopefully this kind of pushes it, the scales a little bit in SLKR's favor. Yeah, I think I think it I think it will. So I don't I really don't know the Java kit that well. Uh but in like my but, one or two instances of fighting them, it seemed like there was a lot of countering going on and that's that's what dominance does. As long as Hux didn't get crit or something like in the last turn, he stops all counters. Yeah, and then the the thing is too that kind of scares me though, it's like the data crowns for Java are no joke either. Like, yeah. Like it, it <laughs> I don't know what's going to beat it if, if we don't have an answer. It's like, do we have to pull our LVs to be able to beat the Java? And even then, who knows if it's going to be able to do it, because obviously we can't test it right now. It, it, it's going to be real interesting, the meta in GAC. Oh, that's... that's uh, this is going to be me harping on Datacrons again. That's what I don't really like about them, is that 
there's a lot of unknown and then we kind of to a certain extent have to be expected to farm them up and then to hope they work because like imagine you do that like you get everything squared away with your slkr which you get all the right stats you get the whatever and then just to find out the java datacron ruins it yeah and and that's i I think that's a part of the datacrons that i like that there's the unknown it's like yeah you can get lucky by having this certain datacron and nobody knew that this is going to be like the op of the set I don't know. I, I kind of like that, though, because it kind of spices things up, especially that first month without the, the next conquest. Yeah, I guess it, it changes the dynamic for sure. And I get, that probably reveals where my heart in the game is. It, really, my heart in the game is more in roster building than it probably is in the actual execution of the battle. And that's probably why it bugs me is because like I I, I want to build my roster. I want, I want it to be effective. I want to be rewarded for making X, Y and Z wise decisions. And yeah, and then if I, I I can't I can't have that as well. There there are some situations where yes, that works with datacrons. Like we we knew very quickly that Bam's DI with Fennec just ruined Lord Vader and uh, and a lot of matchups. So I, I I did like that, but yeah, all right. Um, we covered those pretty well. Let's move on to our leg day. Let us talk like day. Important it is. How do you think I jump so high at my age? Alright, Tilo. So I know you're you're flying without multiple devices here today, but do you <laughs> do you remember what you worked on? What did you how have you prepared uh, for this yeah. upcoming season? Pretty pretty much just get the raddest requirements ready to go. It was like a last minute buzzer beater, but we were able to get um, I was gonna say Shock T, but it's Hera, Hera to R five, and uh, yeah, we got a Radis. It's only at four stars, but I'm I'm excited. I, I'm really interested in what I'm gonna do with it. Uh, even at four stars, I've been doing it in Arena, and most people know it takes out the Executor really easy. So that's real nice, and that's kind of good to have in my pocket. But at the same time, I'm so tempted to just put it on defense. I'm not 100% sure what can take it out at four stars. I'm I'm 100% sure you can do it. I, I know Malevolence is a counter out yeah. there. I don't know if it's it's easier at four stars or it's pretty much the same at all the stars, but I, I think that's going to be the main deterrent of putting it on defense. But if it has a decent hold rate against it, I may just put it on defense and just say, there you go. You got executed in the um, – profundity and negotiator on defense and you have to deal with that <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if it's wise but a lot of my opponents not a lot two of my opponents did that this last month where they had a lower star profundity i think like five or six stars something like that and they just threw it on defense and one of them we did we did just chomp with malevolence without tie bomber either so but i I don't, I'm not willing to vouch for the reliable of that, reliableness of that. I think it more so comes down to people not wanting to change their offense strategy and changing what they know works. Like the two people that did it were two people that had the executor mirror down pat and just didn't, they probably, they probably what happened is they didn't have enough time to shift uh, like with their strategy or like learn a new counter through what, for, through whatever means. So I think that's probably what it ended up coming down to. 
it, and, and I'm, I'm in the process of learning that counter, but it's like, I'm one of those people too. Like my first order counter is pretty reliable. Like, um, I'm pretty consistent at it. Yeah. There's times where it messes up, but even then it's in a really easy cleanup for me. So I wonder if I have the luxury of being able to put it on defense, make it hard for my opponent. I don't expect it to hold all the time, but if it's like once or twice a season, it, it may be worth it, you know? So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I probably will throw it on defense and kind of test it out for this next season or maybe even half the season and see how I feel about it. I mean, it's a pretty safe bet. It's going to be better than whatever you were putting down before, even at four stars, even if it's getting beat. So yeah. um, if, if you, as long as yeah, you're... It's empire. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually, I, I think it was a little the antithesis of you this time around, T-Lil. I did a ton of stuff um, in my roster. So similar to you, I unlocked Profundity. I finished the Profundity farm, which was really only, I think I had a few shards on Outrider and a few shards on Radis, and then Radis went immediately right to R9, so that was fun. But as soon as I did that, I was like, all right, what else can I gear before I realize what I actually need to do? So Luminarum. Got her time in the sun. I got her all the way up to gear 12. Big whoop there. She'll be up to relics here at some point. Very, probably before next season. And I did give her Omicron. If I didn't, gearing her would be very weird. So, <laughs> yeah, my, my 3v3 team this next coming season is probably going to be Savage. <laughs> this is going to be so stupid. Savage lead, Starkiller, and Luminara. Um, That's nasty. So, we'll see what they do. I probably... I might even use her in fives. I've been contemplating it. I, because the biggest threat for the Star Killer team in fives is GK. And one of the big reasons is this cleanse. So I don't, I don't think it's gonna stop the uh, the GG counter like full stop. Like say Malik would stop Wampa or something like that. But I think, I think it'll make it a little bit more pain in the butt to the point like if, if B two dies, you just don't win. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes because the hundred percent crit avoid versus Grievous. That kind of sucks. Like, if, if B2's not there to get rid of the hots or whatever, you're going to have a rough time. But so I did I did Luminara. Um, I put another Omicron on Ben Solo. This is the first character in the entire game for me that has more than one Omicron. I, this is that, we'll talk about the match a little bit later. But basically, I'm convinced that the obscured one, the healing immunity one, drastically changes the C matchup. Ex and I think it's going to especially in threes. If he lands it, your C just has a time limit of when he's going to die because he can't shake it off quick enough for Ray to either ult or use her whirlwind and, and keep getting him down. So I uh, did that one. And then I, I st even started, I finished, I finished inquisitors or I rather I finished fifth brother, getting him to gear, whatchamacallit. And then I also, I geared a bunch of my Phoenix. I put, I got Kanan and Chopper up to gear 11 to unlock the abilities for Profundity. I'm not going to take them higher. And then Sabine even got some gear levels, and I'm not quite done with her. So, yeah, I've I've done more in my roster in the last week than I have done in a long time. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of unloaded. And a lot of them are still halfway. Like, Luminara still needs relics. Sabine still is in gear 11. But once those two are done... I'm probably just going to start gearing up the Inquisitors one by one. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm jealous on that Lumi, though. Like, Lumi looks so good. Yeah, and I... She looks like she's going to age well. 
that that's kind of one of the things that I care most about because and this is this is I'm stealing this from Zareth, but Zareth said this months ago when we got the mace we work that a character that is both Jedi and Galactic Republic that is the currency in the game. Like if you, if you have both those tags, you immediately can go in like five or six different squads. Yeah, they're super flexible, like super flexible, and especially a character like that, like 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 you were saying with the Jedi and the the Galactic Republic, like you could throw them on Star Killer, like yep. you were gonna do. You could throw them with Jedi, and and just that she's a healer too, like. Being able to heal is super big. Like, look at Varus. Well, like, the cleanse, Varys man. Yeah, are, are the cleanse. I, I like that's that alone is super nasty too. Like, look what we done with GK for the longest. GK could go pretty much anywhere. So, well, I, don't, she, I don't know. Yeah, I well, she has, she actually does mirror. She probably does mirror GK the best because he has a cleanse, and then he also has crit immunity, and she gives a uh, crit like a hundred percent crit avoidance. So there is. Yeah, she she she's gonna be good. Um, I don't. She's not gonna be the best character, but I would be surprised if she sits on the bench. Yeah, she's gonna be a useful tool. Like, and those little characters like that are super important for a roster. Yeah, I I think I'll do I'll redo my GAC Omicron video in like five months or something when it when there's a lot more out there that actually make it worth doing. Uh, but I think I think she'll probably as it stands right now she's probably top 10 and by top 10 i mean number 10 <laughs> like there's there, there, there's nine omicrons that i that, that i that i would put on before her but she's still she's still up there she's not i guess we're gonna hate some things now she's not as niche as say krennic is where you know krennic can have his use but yeah. it's it's few and far between yeah i was gonna ask you something about the omicrons are you gonna put the last one on ben solo or no. those two. No, I'm so this was the original analysis that I had coming into Bensel. So maybe I'm maybe I'm just doing this so that I can make myself feel right about it. But I, I always felt like the first one was the most important. The second one was probably pretty good. And the third one, my, my big thing that I that I was saying about it in the very beginning was that for that to be really relevant, he needs to be able to essentially two shot a character and well, I'm not really on, like, the big train of, like, oh, his damage sucks or whatever. He he, he does not have enough damage to two-shot the vast majority of modern characters. So I I think that one's a hard pass, honestly. The, 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 ignore, the ignore protection one, because if your whole team, if your whole team isn't doing it, then what's going to happen is Ben Sol is going to get a big hit on someone under protection. It's going to be great. Uh, he's going to do quite a bit of damage. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. And then by the third time, raise Whirlwinded or ulted the character. And all the damage you did under the protection was worthless. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. I don't think I'm going to put it on until... And who knows if it's bug? Because people have been saying the true damage is bug. If they end up with a fix on that, then maybe that's a possibility you got to put it on. But... I, I think definitely that heal immunity one is just super OP. It's like, look at what JCR was doing under a Rayleigh against C. And then that was always the most, like, the, the thing that would piss me off the most. Yeah, that was the, that was the win condition. Like, that, that's why we yeah. were taking, like, four <laughs> junk ads so that one of them would eat it and he wouldn't have to. Yeah, so now that it's like four turns, that's double. It's like, that's insane. 
and I think a lot of people were sleeping that on that in the beginning. And, and now people this last week at JC kind of like turned around and started applying that. But yeah, it, it makes a big, big difference. Yeah, I, I, I well, at least right now, it leaves one very tangible difference. It doesn't just look good, but it legitimately changes, like we said, the C matchup, which is mine was already countered. Mine was countered once by C, and I've lost with my C because another one had it. So it's not like I, I might just be cornering my opponent into using JML versus it. But I mean, in, in a way, that's kind of a win. Like that was that was kind of my attitude with the Wump Omicron. Like, okay, so you just make your opponent not set Iden on defense. Like, is that really such a bad thing? Like, is that is that a loss if my opponent isn't putting Iden on defense? Anyways. No, I, I've always said, like, if you can get into your opponent's head before the matchup, you're winning. So if you can change a, a, a tendency that they always do, yeah, then I, I consider that a win before the match has even started. Because then they're th- rethinking everything. They're switching their defense. I've, I've had it happen to me, too. It's like I see a guy's able to counter this or has a really effective team that I'm like, oh, man, I have to pull this from defense and take it to offense. Like, it throws off my whole game before the game has even started. So if you can do that, 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 that makes a big difference. Yeah, it, it, it definitely can. Well, and it will once you, like, add all of them up, like – like, sure, okay, so you yeah. cut out the C counter here, b- big whoop, but then because of this other thing that I have, because I have crit avoidance, because I have crit avoidance on my Malgus um, and everyone else, you can't use gas versus that. And you you, add, you add a, end up adding enough of those up that you stop someone from full clearing, or at least you make it significantly difficult to the point where they lose a ton of banners. So yeah. I did that, and that... No, that no. Sorry, sorry, Taylor, go for it. No, 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 said, and I'm right there with you. My my Benzel is like a work in progress right now, but I'm just rushing his relics for 3v3. I can't wait to use them with Ray. And I, I think I'm probably gonna end up using Hoda on the team uh, for a while, see how that works. Maybe I'll change it up eventually, but I, I think it's gonna be really nasty in threes. I well, so that's really the natural progression of the team because Ray has always been superior in, in threes. Like she's always been good in fives. But she was always better in threes. And I think it's going to, what's going to be super annoying, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people, I haven't heard anyone talk about this, but I probably haven't been listening. What is going to be super annoying is the the revive Omicron, where he's coming back every single time a leader goes. So I've used, I've used JML versus, um, I've used JML versus, what's his face, uh, but Raylo twice. And it, it, quite honestly, it, it goes flawlessly. Because I have enough going in my direction, I have I have enough characters that I can just kill Ray or yeah, get Ben down, which that part's kind of easy, and then kill Ray before Ben comes back. If you have JML on two sides, you have that means you have to kill. You have to kill Ray in two turns. If you don't, Ben is back instantly. You have to kill him again, and then you again you have two more turns at most because JML might start to lap some of your sides, and Ben is back, and you can't kill Ray again, and it it's gonna make the team a much bigger uh, pain in the neck. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, and I, I think that's why I'm probably gonna throw Hoda in the team because not only are you have heal, you have the Masters training, which has obvi- always been really nasty with Ray, and then on top of that, like Hoda goes into stealth. So you're forced to hit them both. And it's like exactly what you were saying. If you don't have the damage to kind of burn through these guys, eventually they're going to get through you. And I think I'm, 
I'm leaning towards a little bit more health modded swallow, almost the same nearly as a ray where or my ray where it's health modded and offensive primaries. Or if I just go all health and just looking the super thick, I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm going to do, especially if his damage isn't up to par. What, what some people have been saying, it may just be all about thick Ben. Yeah, I guess the jury is still out on that for me. Like I, I've I've gone pretty pretty full into offense. Like sure he has he has a health circle and he has a health set, but I've gone pretty far into offense. And there, I don't love the health modding just because the dude is squishy. Like it, it just comes down to kind of low return rates for him, but I mean it, it might be worth it. Yeah, we'll see. I'm probably gonna play with it a lot and then come to my conclusion because if we like go full health and he's like doing absolutely nothing, I obviously it's probably better to go offense. So it's just gonna be kind of a a play around and see what it does. Yep, and that 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 honestly is kind of fun. Um... Yeah, and we'll, we typically have pretty good data on that type of stuff after a certain amount of time, which, I mean, that that that's that makes sense. Like That's kind of what I like about characters and Omicrons in general is that you do you do have time to kind of figure this out. And I guess this goes back to me harping on datacrons. Like, you, did you get it wrong for four months? Okay, change your modding, and now it's fixed, and you get to have this for a, a very long time. But anyways... Any, anything else you would like to say in regards to our roster growth, Tilo? No, that's pretty much it for me. All right. So that means we are now on to our 5v5 season. Hi, this is B1, and here's Tilo and Calvin with their grand or an experience this week. Hopefully they didn't suck. Roger, roger. All right, Tilo, so how did your matches go this time around? Uh, my matches weren't bad this time. Um, round one was, uh, I'm trying to remember this one. This one was, what did, what happened? Gosh, I didn't have screenshots. Uh, this one, I, my opponent didn't get the full clear. I believe they left the top zone, so they didn't get the ships. We ended up getting the full clear. We ended up streaming this one. This one was just pretty standard. I ended up using, and, I, and that's another thing I didn't talk about during the, the leg day, is I got Maul to R5. Oh, so sweet, yeah. I got Maul to R5, yeah, it was basically for the counter. And it worked out pretty perfectly in this first round. I used Maul, I used Vader, and I used Piet, and took out their Lord Vader with their level 9 Datacron. And it, it was pretty flawless. It, it worked out pretty good. I got uh, a little butterflies in my stomach especially during this counter but um but it worked out i was stressing a little bit but it worked out pretty good and then the rest of his teams were pretty easy they weren't too bad nothing different it was the same thing as always um malgus uh star killer and i think ray was in there too but we managed to get through all of them man i think i need to transition to that because i i've been having like two other counters for lord vader and oh gosh i might have to do that because I lose Fennec now. So if my opponent has 100%... Well... That probably doesn't work against 100% dodge either, does it? I don't know if it does or doesn't. Because... Um, oh, does Pia give accuracy or clumsy? He does. Well, uh, both, actually. Yeah, he gives... um Not not an Emperor's Trap, but he, his, his unique specifically gives accuracy to, to Vader. I think it's only like 20%. But I guess as long as you're 
as long as you're fighting some like a vader that's probably under 50 percent, you probably don't see it that much because you don't have to hit every target i guess rng could screw you um yeah it could go south depending on the amount of defense but i don't or sorry the amount of dodge i don't see a reason to have deflection anymore actually on lord vader that's kind of funny yeah no i'm the same way like i was a little bit bummed my data prompt doesn't have deflection but it has a lot of dodge and i, I feel like that's that's gonna more be the beneficial winner now. in the meta yeah because it's like I, I especially with what you're able to do and that's the thing i didn't talk about during um leg day is i got my candorous to r5 to counter oh, you did some a lot of stuff Vader, or invaders yeah I, I just forgot about it but to counter the vader and all and other off meta counters so Having Candorous in there just really just stops all those off metas, and they're almost forced to use a GL on it in the beginning. I mean, even even then, the the GL sometimes kind of crapped the bed. We used um, I, I guess I'm going into my to, to my match already, but we we went up against one where I this is my third battle where I they had a they had a mall or whatever, and I took in my SLKR armor whole doohickey thing, and. Maul just went and increased cooldowns on my armor, and that was the whole match. And there, there really wasn't a way to stop it, because he uh, he ignores Taunt on his first move, where he goes to do that. So I was just pretty much just crapped out of luck there, so couldn't couldn't really do much about it. So that was a bummer. But yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, go for it. No, I was going to say that that team is just so nasty because you get four, or you get yeah four moves right off the rip. Like, if Vader goes first, Maul's automatically triggered, which triggers Candorous, which triggers Maul again, and then he's just going like, to start unloading. And that can really just jack you up, because that can really just take out somebody right off the beginning that you needed. Yep. It, 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 it definitely can, and definitely does, unfortunately, speaking from experience. Yeah, and then that's what happened to my opponent. I, I'm remembering now, like, he messaged me. He saw, I used uh, Vader first and messed up, and then he went in there with SLPR, and then it jacked them up too. Speaking of getting jacked up by Lord Vader, that is actually what happened to me in my first match as well. Um, we, we tried to go in there with it. We didn't get lucky. I believe... Oh, this was actually really close. Maul went and he hit my Daka several times, and then he killed Daka in four hits, and then guess where the fifth hit went? <laughs> SLKR? Armor and oh my gosh armor. just just wiped her out so i didn't i instantly i'm like okay I, I cannot clear lord vader now that's just not an option so we went top wall on him <laughs> and we we did really well or we did fairly well banner wise not everything worked out in our favor but my opponent just couldn't do better and not gonna lie it was a really good feeling because this was one of those um this is what this is the player that had like 600 more relic than me and he tried, he tried really hard uh, to beat us, and ultimately, he just dropped too many banners, and he couldn't get through JMK or Ray. And he, like I said, he was trying, like he was putting, he didn't hit JMK or Ray, and I didn't do fleets right away. And then I went back and did fleets, and then he just started throwing stuff against them, and he got like down to just Ray and Ben. But it looks like he got stuck behind the Omicron because Ray's there sitting at one percent health, and Ben's there alive. That's not even the only crown. That's just this oh. kid. So yeah, I played a little poorly my first match, but I ultimately take a, took away the win. How was your second? 
Uh, second one, my opponent actually went before me, and um, he killed my gas with a one-shot, and then he went in there, tried to take out my Lord Vader, and failed, and then just stopped attacking. So I hopped on stream, and um, uh, we do pretty good. We do pretty good on ground. I one-shot, I want to say everything. I'm not 100% sure. There might have been a little bit of flukes in there. But um, the, the main craziness that happened to this fight was fleet. So I did my, my fleet battle, and I did my first order versus the, the triple attacker. And um, the match before, we had done the same thing on stream. It worked out pretty good. I didn't break a sweat. This one, we were so close to getting the win again. It's just Razor Crest had like a little bit of health. I think it was in the yellow or the red, and it was the last ship. And I was just so sad. I was like, ah, I'm like, why can't you guys just take this out? But I was like, it's fine. We can go in there with Hodo and take it out. But I go into attack. What did they have? And, and thank goodness my opponent didn't put crazy stuff on defense because I, I messed up pretty hardcore. I, I know they had the Hodo ship, and then they had – oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was uh, Negotiator. Yeah, yeah, it was Negotiator. And I, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to go in – was it Negotiator? I forget the ship that they had, but whatever had happened was I switched out my my Ray's Millennium Falcon for the Hans Falcon. So my Rebels had Hans or Ray's Falcon instead of Hans, and we completely failed. It was it was really really bad. But I ended up going in there with another fleet, cleaning it up, and somehow I managed to clean up all the other ships. And kind of like hodgepodge some fleets together, but it worked out. We got the full clear, we got the win, but it was just funny how I mixed up Rays and Hans Falcon. You there, Calvin? Hello? <laughs> what if it's on my. Oh yeah, sorry, my 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 mic went down. I am here. Um, yeah. So okay. those those um those fights are honestly just very frustrating. Um, well, if if they cost you the match, that is. If they don't, you know, it's kind of it's actually pretty funny. Uh, looking back, but but if they if they do, then yeah, those are aggravating. Yeah, chat chat was like, oh, you failed so hard. Oh <laughs> uh, okay. But all right, um, my second match actually can this one. Oh, oh, this one was fun too. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm remembering it right now. But this was the <laughs> one where I I went in and my opponent had Jabba, and I haven't fought Jabba yet. And he had put six. I think it was six Galactic Legends on defense. It was either six plus Malgus or six with Malgus acting as a jail essentially. So just, just left a ton of stuff there for us to deal with. And I only had two. So I'm like, all right guys, we're going to do the half wall. And we just end up two and three shotting our way to almost full clearing him. We, we accidentally left Jabba down and looking back, I don't think I would have been able to clean it up even if I hadn't misplayed it, but we got, yeah, we got super stinking close with it. So, um, we ended up doing that, and then my opponent struggled quite a bit more than we were probably ever going to, and we we beat him pretty handily. 
that was a fun one. I was actually in there for the the stream. That was cool. No, it it was. That was probably. I mean, we won, so that made it better. But even if we didn't, that one was really fun. Like just taking apart things and just seeing seeing everything work. Like that was the big thing. Like, all right, we're gonna take in JML, or we're gonna take in Tuscans first against this uh, JML team, so that way Grievous can beat it afterwards. Oh, it worked. All right, we're gonna take in Qui Gon Jin versus this team first to blow up a character, and then come and clean up with bounty hunters, and it worked. Like it, things just kept on. All pretty sketchy, but things just kept working. Those are fun, though. Off, off meta is the best, man. It, there's no better feeling than taking out something that's crazy with the off meta. Yes, that was good. How was your How was your third match? Um, third match, and this one was cool. I actually tried to stream this one, but like I was telling you, I don't know what happened to my my internet, but my internet is down, 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 down. So I ended up just doing this on my couch, just chilling. And uh, my opponent had attacked first. He dropped two battles. He dropped a battle on my Ray, and he dropped a battle on my um, Qui-Gon, or not Qui-Gon, Gas Team. So it, it worked out. We have a little bit of wiggle room against this competitor, but I, I, I messed up. I uh, had gone, what did I do? I, I, I knew I could fail twice. So I decided to get a little bit crazy because he did place down SLKR and right on defense. So I went in there, broke down my Jedi's a little bit and tried to go in there with a Jedi squad with uh, Revan and Jedi Knight Luke. But I didn't have the full team to get the counter done. Like I didn't have Hoda. Uh, my Ben wasn't really at good, um, at good speeds to go up against it. So we ended up getting the loss there, but I was able to clean it up. Uh, what did I use to clean up? Oh, my goodness. I used Bounty Hunters to clean up. And, and Bounty Hunters have been really good for me this season for cleaning up GLs. And, and, and same thing happened right here. Cleaned up pretty good. We go to the back zone. They kind of cheesed on me a little bit. So I was able to get the clear there one shot. But where I started dropping the ball a little bit was on the rain. Uh, Ray, I didn't have a GL to beat it because I used C on their dash Omicron and I used my SLKR on um, on their Sith Empire. So I had a JML, but I, like I said, I had to use J JKL on the SLKR. So I was like, ah, let's try to get a little bit creative with this. I took in a mall Vader team with a couple other of Empire just to make sure that I would go second. And it seemed like it was working out pretty good. I, I tried to get tons of dots on them. I knew I wasn't going to be able, able to kill Ray and Ben just because they were on the same team. But it, I think if I would have took in a Vader lead, there was a chance that this could have been a really, really easy cleanup. Um, I ended up having to clean up a Ray and I think a JTR squad. Ended up using my JML there just because I, I wanted something to at least be able to two-shot it. So I two-shot there, and then the point that lost me the match, because I ended up getting the one-shot clear on their fleet, was a, what team was it? Oh, an EP, Mara, and Tarkin team. And I'm, so, I'm still really mad about this one. I took in my first order, and everything seemed like it was working out pretty good. I just got stuck behind a Night Sister, and um, Tarkin just hit me with the spam all the way till it timed out. And we ended up losing, and that cost us the match. So we went 2-1 and one this week, but 
that one felt bad. I felt like I could have got the win if I was if I took in like a CLS squad, which I had available. Yeah, that, well, okay. Yeah, CLS actually would have been pretty solid because as long as you stun Tarkin, the other ones that are spamming their specials, they can be countered. Like, Mar, Mar can throw the tenacity down shade as much as she wants. Someone's going to have to take the hit. And you know what? I think First Order could have took could have beat it if I would have went for Tarkin. But I, for some reason, I was so scared of Mara, I went for Mara first, and I messed up right there. Yeah, I could, I could see that. So, what were you, what were you overall for the season? You went two and one right now. Uh, I went two and one, so I was at four and five, four, 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 five, or five and four, five and four. Same here. Yeah. So. Because I lost two in the, the, the midweek and then one one on the sides. Yeah, so I my third match, as I talked about in my previous one, everything worked in my second match. Like everything. Third match to go in, nothing works. I am like, all right, CLS, you have to beat Dash. You've done it once, so I know it's possible. Goes in. I think. I think the problem was they had Queel on the team too, and the last the team mm. I fought before this didn't have Queel, so I was able to. I was pretty much able to one shot Vandor on the opening hit, and then we eventually killed uh, Dash with counters. But with Queel there, you got like forty percent extra protection and health, and that was too much. We couldn't kill Vandor in the opening volley, and that was just we just lost from there. So I do see there. And then I do something else to try against Malgus because C was going to kill Malgus. And then, as I previously mentioned, Esselkair crapped the bed versus Lord Vader because armor got her cooldowns increased. And that was game. Like, as soon as that happened, no, you, you don't win that. Or at least I didn't. And then I have one or I misplayed Bounty Hunters versus Raddus. So that one was on me. But yeah, I just crapped the bed all over the place. And then I'm pretty sure my opponent, yeah, my opponent full cleared. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter that I was dropping battles. It just mattered that I didn't full clear. So he... He beat me, and that same exact as you. I, I went two and one this week, and overall I went five and four. And I think I'd wager that I found my new home post Datacrons in the ranking. Like I had a home before Datacrons that was better than this one, so let's complain. Uh, but I, I think this is where I'm so at now. So you're you're hovering like within like the thousand going out in and out. I can check right now, but no, I don't. I'm not going into the thousands because that's where I used to be. I used to hover between I, like 1,000 and top like have, 300 or something. You you gotta be going in and out because I'm I'm going in and out too. So we're we're pretty close. I saw you on the leaderboard with me. I think because I think I'm between 1,000 and 2,000 is where I'm balancing. Like I'm I'm not I'm not entering in. Yeah, so I'm. I, I think that's my new home. So I'm currently. I'm currently one two six zero, so one thousand two hundred and sixty, and I I don't think I've passed. Excuse me, I don't think I've passed one thousand since Datacrons have come out. I I don't think I do again. I I, I think you will, because you're you're on the upper echelons anyways of that thousand mark. I, I think you can break it easy, especially in the three v three season coming up right now. Yeah, we'll see. So I. These, these last two sets of Datacrons, I've um, done fairly well, but we'll, we'll see. But, Tila, you know what time it is? Uh, I know what time it is. Whose kid is this? But I, I can't get into the game. 
<laughs> oh shoot, man. Um, what we could do this week if we kind of wanted to, we could just do the Discord one and we could leave our own for next week. How does that sound? Because we actually have some podcast questions that we need to handle as well. Okay, that that works out. Because yeah, I'm gonna have to pull a kit from my head and. Everybody knows I mess with the kids. <laughs> oh, if you don't have a Discord though either, then you're not going to be able to read this. If you read it, I'm good. Well, and I, you won't be able to check it either. So, all right, we'll, we'll throw we'll both throw out a guess. That'll work. All right. So, this is from Atlantis, and he says all allies gain twenty five percent tournament. I think I go first. By the way, I think you did. I think you did. Um, you did last week's. Yeah. Um, all allies gain 25% tournament in defense up for four turns. This character dispels all debuffs on themselves and gains it. Oh, okay. And gains advantage and taunt for two turns. So I, I think this has to be, um, yeah, this has to be first order stormtrooper. Yeah. That's a, I, I just screams his kid. I know it gives turn meter because that can be a negative yeah. with SLKR. I know it gives defense up. I'm pretty sure he dispels things on him because you can't just shock him and he gains advantage and taunt. Yeah, that has to be. Yeah, first order stormtrooper special. So I got that one. I'm sorry, Tilo. You don't get to play today. No, it's all good. That's the fastest who's kit it is ever. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, that was That's probably as fast as they've ever really gone. But like I, I previously mentioned, we can now use this time. Let's redeem the time here. And we have quite a few podcast questions, actually. So. Really good question from right. uh, Pod Fan, and I apologize because this question's actually been sitting here, and we haven't. I've I've known about it. I look at it. I'm like, oh, we need to ask that, and then we don't. Um, so this is what he says. I think we had Dad Bob Boba for around a year, which I think that is accurate. Um, curious your general review on him so far. I'm not expecting an A team counter, but how do you use Boba SOG? So sign of Django and GC and TW. Is there a best team for him? Can you briefly discuss your modding? Lastly, any speculation moving forward, new team rework for him. Uh, so, Tilo, I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, all all things Dad Bob Boba, what, what's your opinion? Obviously, he's the best in TW, especially if you have the Omicrons. Like, he can definitely take out a Lord Vader. Um, the only thing that sucks about that is you can still take out a Lord Vader with the Fennec Squad without him having the Omicrons. So, it kind of devalues him a little bit there. Um, but he's still makes it a little bit easier than that team. Um, in GAC, I, I like him a lot. I know he's not the best character in the world, especially in GAC, but I like his utility, uh, especially with Bam. You get tons of attacks with him, um, a lot of AoEs. Even his basic has multiple attacks there, so it really helps stack the Whistling Birds. And sometimes I use him in a Bounty Hunter squad, even if I have to do like a, a two-team Bounty Hunter squad. He's really nice to have. Under there, he does a lot of damage, especially when you get rid of that protection and it's all health. You're going to really notice the impact of punch right there. But I think for grade wise, I would have to say a C plus. He's about average. Um, I think he may be the lowest of the conquest characters, and I probably would be pretty safe saying that. But he's he's not bad. He, he gets a lot of bad rep, but he, there there's places for you to use him and, and teams. That maybe down the future, I just wish he would get a Tuscan tag. I, I think you could have a lot of fun there, kind of twerk it or tweak his kid a little bit to kind of suit the Tuscans. They already have an Omicron, so I, I think you could have fun with that. And then you just need to bring in one more Tuscan, bring the person, the Tuscan that trained them, and you got a full five man team. 
probably more balanced than what I'm about to say. <laughs> I don't, I, and I don't, I don't necessarily agree with anything you said either, Tilo. I think, I guess I'll start in the reverse order of what you were saying. It doesn't, it doesn't look like there is a new team or rework coming from. Them. I think like what what you see right now is probably what you get, and I think they kind of, and this is a little depressing, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like they passed up on their opportunity to buff and or just give him more viability with a new team when, and I like Jabba, but when they decided to go for Jabba, they released all these new bounty hunter, hut cartel, and scoundrel units that could have gone with him. They could have had built-in synergy, excuse me, to function with him, but instead they got nothing, and Dad Bubba was essentially just been sitting outside, and yeah, I, I don't like him. Um... I, I I feel like I rarely crap on characters. I feel like I spend a lot of my time... I may, Maybe I'm a contrarian or something like that, but just trying to defend like a lot of characters. Like I've always really liked Bam. I like Ben Solo quite a bit. I don't necessarily hate Inquisitors. I think there are areas they could be improved on, but I, I have said the words many times that Dad Bob Boba is trash. Like, he is... <laughs> And, and T- alright, so and let's we'll do the same filtering that Tila did. In t- territory wars, he is amazing in like one or two scenarios. One or two scenarios, he is amazing. He he will go in and he will rip apart a Lord Vader team. And while while Fennec can do it, the Dad Bob Bubble variation is extremely better. Like like it is. It, it, he was made to beat him, and he will beat any variation of him. It is very good. Um, it does require quite a bit of modding. Uh, we didn't. I, I think. I think you mod him typically for straight offense. I don't think he needs a lot of speed, at least in that lineup. You, I know he doesn't really want crit damage because or crit chance because Lord Vader typically can, that can't happen anyways. I think it is primarily offense and maybe maybe protection on like a, his circle or something like that, but. You want you want him and Fennec to be the ones to take down Lord Vader. I think that's how it works. I, I I don't have this character. I'm going off of what I've heard other people say for Territory Wars. But yeah, GAC, he's been... I think he also beats Ray for Territory Wars, for what it's worth. But uh, for GAC, he's been a massive disappointment. I, I, I've gone against R8 and R9s that sit on the back of Dash and Bam teams. His AoEs don't kill my Gear 11 aura. No. Like, it, it, it's... At best, he's back there generating turn meter the same way that Dengar or Candorus would, uh, which is yeah, it's okay as a filler. If if you're still if you're placing him, like I won't, I I don't judge people who place him on GAC because they built him up for territory wars and they want to use him there. But if you if your guild doesn't have any interest in territory wars, I wouldn't even bother gearing him. He's 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 that low for me. But I I really I really, I really was mean there. No, but that's kind of a character that you just don't like for, like, the longest. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I've crapped on him for a long time, honestly, and that's... Yeah. I, I guess I'll add this in for funsies. We'll, we'll do we'll do one more kick while he's down. Um, we had a pretty fun debate in the Gambit server recently, and I, I do mean it was genuinely fun, like, no no shade to the, the person that I was talking with, but he was talking about OG Boba Lead, because OG Boba Lead actually has a lo- bunch of weird, fun mechanics in it, and we were talking about which is better, him or Bosk, and, you know, the data, and my personal opinion, the Bosk is definitely superior, but we pulled up all the Bounty Hunter's de- defensive viabilities. Bosk was holding like 10% of the time, and then Or was like 9, Jango was 7 or 8, Boba was 5, so I was like, okay, Bosk is generally better than Boba Fett. 
And then lo and behold, who is sitting at 3% but Cyan of Django? Next to Rolo, Karth, and Hera. Karth had more holds than Cyan of Django was getting. That, that sucks. Let me ask you this. Cyan of, Jan- or Cyan of Django, Boba Fett, or OG Boba Fett? Who do you like better? As like lore or like their, their kit? No, no, in-game. You said you said Django, Cyan of Boba, or Cyan of Django or Boba? Yeah. Well, we know it's not... OG Boba. We know which one it isn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I I like Django and OG Boba. Um, no, I... not Django. Just just Conquest Boba Fett or OG Boba Fett. Which oh, one oh, do you think is superior? Oh, OG Boba Fett, definitely. No, <laughs> OG Boba Fett has some pretty cool utility. Um, AoE yeah. ability block I always thought was pretty cool, uh, and his execute. Wow. Um, it, it's. It's it hasn't aged super well. Like there are still like the da- the damage on it could probably be a, l- a little bit better. But sometimes some of these teams that have like twelve buffs on them at the same time, he'll just merc someone. Especially since we're all anyone who has executor is required to get him R eight. He's an attacker. He th- that that offense comes back to quite a bit. So yeah, I I I really I I don't I don't hate Ojibo, but I think he still has. He's probably not in the best bounty hunter team as far as GC goes by, but he's probably he's probably sitting at sixth or seventh place. Yeah, it, it, and that pretty much sums up signing Django Boba Fett. It's like if he because he's not better than the OG one, that that's kind of sad because Boba Fett was like a, a, a like a beginner to it, right? It was there when the the game launched. So yeah, he's a, that's not good. He has had four reworks though inside of Django's defense. Um, I think Boba's yeah. kid has, has changed four times. Yeah. And that's the thing I'm holding out for. Hopefully they give him a rework. Hopefully they give him something to kind of spice him up a little bit in GAC. I, and that's, a little more that's what I wanted to. Like, I wanted I wanted Chris Anton to come into the game. And it's okay that he works with Java. I'm not mad that he works with Java. But I was wanting a almost exactly what it was, a GAC Omicron tank that would make it so that you didn't have to burn well even honestly burning your bam team i'm not i'm not, I'm not too that's not that bad in gac like we, we we have we have enough teams to kind of go around at least me and you do that we could probably get away with that um yeah but yeah so it's i think it was a missed opportunity and i i wish that cg would go back and either just rework his kit or give him a gac lifter that will that will make him usable um yeah. but all right so that was that was one question. On to the next. Uh, Atlantis <laughs> right. asks what we enjoy most about the game. Uh, easy. GAC. Gotta be GAC. Why? Oh, why? Uh, I just love the strategy to it. Like, I love compete. I love competing. I- I've always loved competing in pretty much anything that I do. And especially in GAC, too. Because it's like, it- it's not only... I don't know. I just love the strategy to it. Looking at my opponent's roster, comparing it to my own, how comfortable I am with my roster uh, goes a long way. What I place on defense, what I place on offense, what my opponent does. Like, there's so much moving parts to GAC. It never makes it, like, stale for me. And then add datacrons to it. It adds a whole other factor onto GAC. It's, It's very complicated right now, but I think that's why I like it, because it is complicated. Because it makes you think, and you're always 
always doing something different too. Like I'm plugging, playing in all sorts of different characters to teams, trying to clear my opponent's board. I, I think for me, it, it's probably a mix of GAC, and I, I think you're probably the same way as well, and the community. Um, like, oh. l- like I said, the most fun I had this entire last week was my second match of GAC, and all of us just kind of sitting there like, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? And then it works. And <laughs> like like that that feeling of this, this community thing where you know there's a, a number of people out there who are just like, that's the, like, who are just like, anxious and you know they're they're clenching right now because they're is making them anxious or nervous or whatever seeing if this is going to work or not like that that tie-in i think is really cool um and and getting to hit a video game on a level with people that not like it's definitely doable through tons of video games like swg just isn't unique in that regard but i think on a on a deeper level than i would if people weren't here um so yeah, that's that's definitely what I enjoy the most. Yeah, no, I, I agree with your sentiment on the community too. Like without the community for the, the good, the bad, the ugly of it as well, like we wouldn't be as invested in the game too. I, I think we all feed off each other. That's why like it bums me out when people are like super negative about the game. But I, I love when the community comes together, especially for things like the what Ranger's doing right now, and a big shout out to him too with the whole um, charity situation too. Like, I, I yeah, love that. That's cool. I love that we always come together. Um, that being said, Tila, we have another question specifically for you. It is asking: Is there a datacron that can help the Lakers this season? Oh, no. jeez, they need all the datacrons. They need Lord Vader's datacron. They need to put dots on everybody constantly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Now, but I will say, last night they looked good against the Nuggets. Uh, Russell Westbrook off the bench, nice. But that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, this is going to become a one-man podcast real quick here, but. I, <laughs> hey, I you should like them too, Calvin. You got the purple and gold. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I think I knew that. Or if, if I didn't, I do now. So that, that does something. <laughs> All right, so last question. This is from Jimbo, and he's asking, what's the best use for non-ultimate Ray in three? So that's a pretty good question. So you don't have ultimate for Ray. Where do you put her? I, I still like her on defense. Uh, a lot of times, especially in threes, too, that whirlwind is nasty. And um, if you just stack her with tons of offense, and um, it's, even if you have a bend, like she's still going to be doing some crazy damage with that whirlwind, and if you have her at high relics, even without the ultimate, like it's still dangerous. Like look at um, Go Cubs. Go Cubs for the longest time didn't put the ultimate on Ray, and he was still getting lots of holds with his Ray. So yeah, just, I would put it on defense. Yeah, I, I would too. Um, so Ray loses a lot of her ability to punch up. Without the ults, but like Tila was saying, without the ult, you actually get almost an increased advantage for the teams that are trying to punch up against you. Because it's it's much worse for a lot of teams. I think I think specifically gas, and this probably doesn't apply to threes, but it's much worse to get two whirlwinds back-to-back than to get a whirlwind, pause, and then the ult damage comes in. Because by then, gas can stand up, or the other teams, whatever they can, they can recover. Um... So I, I, they, I throw her on defense just because it, she'll lose. She'll lose to a GL. 
Like if someone brings in JML or uh, SLKR or JMK or Lord, pretty much anything, any GL will beat her. But all the other stuff isn't going to. So if that's what you were looking for, I guess just take it. Yeah, De- definitely. I, I don't 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 get twisted. Ray with ultimate is better, but you still got a lot a lot of viability without her ultimate. She's probably one of the best GLs without her ultimate. Yeah, so I think she's the only one that might. I think she's the only one that have might have like an argument for it. Lord Vader, there's there's absolutely no idea no. what to keep that off. JMK, I I, I guess you can make like a fake argument. Like, no, you can't. Not if you have Cat, because if you don't have Cat, no. one of the things that'll happen when he goes into Ultimate is he'll start to hit the sides of the clones and never get gas down, which is really funny because they all ignore taunts. So they just go and beat up on Rex. And gas blows him up. But if you have cat, then that's pointless. Um, SLKR doesn't gain anything. JML, no. depending on the counter, will live and die by the old. Like if you're trying to beat JMK and you keep getting stuck behind like taunts or something like that, um, or even 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 the cleanse versus Lord Vader. If he gets if Lord Vader gets his ult, your ability blocked. Everyone's got like sixteen dots. You're only shot in the dark. At getting out of that is by triggering the ult and getting rid of the dots. Um, I'm trying to think of there. Who, who else? Is there? And C is. It, oh it's yeah. Is, it? C's probably the worst without his ultimate. Yeah. Well. So. Yeah, he probably at least de- definitely defensively. Like on offense, before I had ult on C, I was I was still able to bait G- JMLs and gas, which I guess is that's all you're using him for. That's okay, but. I think he has he has more viability than that. But yeah. So so yeah, probably Ray is the best GL without her ultimate. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's the there's a better argument. I, I wouldn't hold off on her, like definitely don't, but um there yeah. I think there's an argument there than there is a, a, across the other five. Yeah. That was kind of a fun topic. We should talk more about that kind of stuff. But right, Tina. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that brings us to our final topic today and i actually i'm gonna put um i'm gonna put a spoiler warning in here so as always uh we are going to be talking about and this is different today we're gonna be talking spoilers but not about cassian so if you haven't seen anything of cassian don't worry we're not going to be talking about cassian at all today but instead of that we are going to be talking about tales of the jedi we're going to be talking about all you've seen all six episodes right taylor like i don't know how many times I want to say like six times. <laughs> yeah, so we're going we're to be talking about Tales of the Jedi spoilers. So all, all six episodes, if you have not seen them, take an hour and a half out of whatever you're doing and watch them. They're very good. But until then, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast and or Twitch stream because we're going to be talking about everything that has to do with them. So I've given probably a minute warning. We've changed the... The title of the stream to let people know that's happening. So hopefully they don't just wander in here and spoil it for themselves. But that being said, Tilo, uh, let, let's do it this way. Let's let's break this up into Ahsoka and Dooku. So there's three episodes surrounding Dooku and there's three episodes surrounding Ahsoka. And I kind of want to talk about the Dooku ones more. So let's start with Ahsoka. Uh, what did you what do you think of the three Ahsoka episodes? Uh, Ahsoka was really good. Uh, the first episode. I really like seeing her on her home world. Um, I think it's the the home world of the of the Tergudas. 
I'm not 100% sure. It might be like a colony, but I, I, I think it's going to be, I think it is. But it was really cool to see the dynamic of her parents, uh, especially her mother. Her mother has shown a lot of what Ahsoka grown up was. You can see they have the same, I wouldn't say mannerism, but the same attitude. And um, I, I don't know. I really like this episode a lot. I like it a lot. And I think one of my, I think my biggest takeaways, and by the way, this this is the episode I like the least. Still very good. Yeah. Still very yeah. good. Um. I probably rewatched this one the least. I might even skip this one every now and then. But one of the really things that I thought was super valuable is at the very end, when they realize she's force sensitive, what do they say? Um Jedi. Yeah. Exactly. They immediately jump to the conclusion that she's a Jedi. And this is cool because this kind of shows you, and granted, her race has produced quite a few Jedi over the years. Um this kind of shows you what the outside world connects Force users to. It immediately associates them with Jedi. And not something else, because we, we, we this has been made clear through Expanded Universe and even in the new canon now, that Force users are not limited to Jedi. Uh, Sith have been prevalent at, like, very prevalent at different times throughout the galaxy. Night Sisters are an entire group that has a very strong connection with the Force. Um, the Chiss even have, like, this kind of weird interaction with their... I can't even say this, but, like, they're young girls. If you haven't read the Thrawn books, um, mm-hmm. they're, for whatever reason, they're, they're females. When they're younger, they have a very strong connection to the Force to the point where they can guide people through hyperspace. I think is essentially that is, Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong. So you, we have... The Force Not isn't either. just Jedi. Um... It spans across a lot of different groups and cultures and whatnot. But to see that when they see that, they immediately make the association. Yeah, yeah. And it's real interesting. It's like you said, like, there's tons of already Tarudas in the order. Um, and it, it was really cool to see that, too, especially being like the elder one there, knowing exactly what it was. You can see, It makes me wonder what else she's seen from the Jedi. To, for her first instinct is to call her a Jedi. So that, that was really nice to see that. Yeah, and I, I'm curious as to if that... The, the placement of the series is a little weird, Tilo. I, I didn't make the connection until, I, it, until no. it came out, but this is happening during Cassian, like right smack in the middle. And my big question yeah. is, why do we need to know this now? Like, what's their angle? Yeah, I don't understand. I feel like they could have waited a little bit. I, I think there's a reason for it. I don't know what the reason yeah. is, but it seems really weird to me that they would do this now and not in like a lull. Like, Visions didn't come out during Boba, did it? No, that was by itself. Yeah, so this is... I feel like there, there's going to be something here. And it, it might not be that episode in particular, but that seems like a setup for something. But I don't, I don't know what it could be. Because, okay, let's say it's a setup for the Ahsoka show. They could have waited. They could have waited two months to do that. Ahsoka's not coming out until next year, right? Uh, yes. I, I think the fall of next year. If I'm not, I might be mistaken. But anyway, I, either way, it's not It's not coming out like next month after the casting show would have already mm-hmm. ended. So it's, it's a little weird. Um, I, I, yeah, but... 
I'll take it. I won't complain. But uh, what about the other two episodes for, uh, surrounding Ahsoka? I was going to say really quick on that first episode, there's cool little um, Easter eggs. So that thing that she's hunting is, oh my gosh, I'm totally forgetting the name. Obi-Wan Kenobi was actually named to that specific uh, group. That was their, their, their name of their group. So they had little pods of Jedi, like their family units. Oh, okay. And I that was saying. the name of his unit. Uh, the beast, the tiger, saber-toothed tiger-looking thing, the teeth is uh, the headdress of Shock T. That, that's the animal she her headdress oh. as. So kind of cool because it's native to to their home world. So it, that's another indicator that's probably just Chiruda's home world. And then um, the voice actor for Ahsoka's mom is Aiden. Same voice actor that did Aiden. So Aiden is officially Ahsoka's mom. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Oh, oh yeah. That will, I have, I have another thought that we're not going to talk about right now. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I feel like they did a really good on Ahsoka's mom's animation as well. Cause she looked just enough like Ahsoka yeah. that you could kind of confuse them. But once they showed more of her face, you could tell they weren't. It wasn't the same person. Yeah. And, and it was cool to see that their face designs are almost like a thumbprint. Each mm-hmm. one of them were a little bit different. Yep. But yeah, so second episode right. for Ahsoka, primarily, it's it's kind of gimmicky. And they also, okay, are you, are, yeah. are you, are you mad about the timeline thing? Oh no! I I this is when I saw it. I was like, okay, I see Dooku's are in the middle. Forget Dooku's. We're gonna wait till the end. We're gonna do Ahsoka's first and then Dooku. I didn't even do it in the order that they provided. I mean, you could probably get away without doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Ahsoka's second one, it's all revolving around her being trained by Anakin and being trained specifically against the clones. And they end up explaining that you know. That's how. That's really one of the reasons why she survived Order sixty six is because she wasn't just um, trained for war specifically, but trained against uh, the clones who were who were essentially out to kill her. But I don't know what I th- really really thought about it. Like, I, I mean, I'll take as many Anakin and Ahsoka missions as possible, but it seemed you didn't like it, this book. So I, it's not that I didn't like it, but it definitely seemed in line with a short. You know. Um, yeah. It, it, it carried one idea that was good to the end. Basically, I, I think what I'm getting at is that I I, li- I really liked the Dooku episodes. I think they added a ton. Whereas this was kind of yeah. this was kind of just cool. Like I could see like 30 of these across different characters and different timelines and different things, and that would have been like I would be happy to see them all. But I want more Dooku. Um, this one just got me in the feels. I don't know why. Like this one just got me all emotional. Like if she, Anakin is literally the reason she's alive. Without Anakin, she dies oh, because yeah. they explain it right then and there. Like she did excellent during like the the showcase to the other masters. And I, I love shout out to Obi Wan too. I love that they did the episode two model of Obi Wan in the Clone War style. That's the first time we've ever seen that. That was dope. And then I like that 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 during that too. Like we see Jedi that are kind of integral to her life. Like we see. Um, I always forget his name, like the old Jedi with the cane. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Um, the one that was in the Inquisitors. Like, he's there. You see uh, uh, Caleb Dune, a.k.a. Kanan in there with Depa Balaba. Uh, that was cool. But the main thing was, like, she did excellent. Anakin gets out of there, and Anakin's like, you did good. Like, don't get me wrong, but you you did good as everybody else. And if you're going to be my apprentice, like, I need, I expect better of you. 
And, and, and it really just shows like, because of that, that's the reason she survives. And it really just goes to show why all these other Jedi died. If, if that's the basic training and that's what they're expecting of them, of course they were going to get just absolutely destroyed by these clones. Like even masters, like you look at Kiani Mundi. Kiani Mundi wasn't ready for for the the clones. Um, Ayla Sakura got absolutely decimated from the clones. Like what made Ahsoka special to to be able to survive that? And you really see it right here. And they give a really good explanation. And they also make, like I don't know. It just it's really nice to see there too. Like the different interactions with the clones. Like of course you have Rex. But then you have Jesse too, and they made sure to kind of a point to show Jesse in there because he's the main one clone going after her at um, Clone Wars season seven. So it, it's just, it all ties in really nice to that last season. I, I don't know, it just got me in the feels. It, it was funny to see Jesse say, it's like my Tato. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you'll, <laughs> you're going to be sorry for sure, aren't you? Uh huh. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like that one, but I definitely see what you're saying. Like, it's probably the one that least adds to the lore. Yeah, and I mean, it it was good, and I, I guess, I guess I'm more salty about them messing up the timeline of things because, like, that it, it didn't make sense, and I, I think it's not. I don't think there's even an explanation for it. Um, like Kenobi having the Harry S from Episode Two and Ahsoka being the apprentice, like that that that, that doesn't compute. That that shouldn't work, but. I don't know. Maybe I'll just keep that to myself. Um, you're you're actually right. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't. Maybe maybe someone has an explanation, clip, but he he had extensions that day. Well, I I guess <laughs> like the the one thing that might have done it is they could say that in this exact instance he had grown out his hair since then and then cut it again. But I don't know. Um. Anyway, so. La- La- last Ahsoka episode. This one is pretty kind of crucial. Again, I think it kind of meets the criteria of what a good short should be, where it talks about um, like one single idea and how that affects things. Um, this one, I, I probably have the most problems with all the whole series because oh, yeah. if, if, th- if this is an event that took separate from the books then okay, like that's completely fine. But if this is meant to be a retcon, that kind of sucks. So I, I, I want them to kind of bring out clarification on this if it is or if it isn't. Yeah, because there's a very specific interaction that Ahsoka has with a different Inquisitor, or at least one that appears differently, where she gets her savers. And I'm that one I feel like would be a little bit easier to work around, where they could legitimately just say, no, those were two separate events. She kills two different Inquisitors um, and takes the blaze from the other one. Like I, I think they can make that work. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. Um, I don't think it destroys it that much as long as they, they say that. But it, I don't know. She would be dumb then. Like Ahsoka would be dumb because she uses the name Ashur, which is really cool. Like that she takes that as her name because it's like if the Inquisitors were called for a person named Ashur. And then they were called for another person named Ashla. Like you would think they would kind of put two to two together. You would think she would have changed her name, but I don't know. It's it just well, it's they just wouldn't. Weird to me. They wouldn't know. They wouldn't know that her name is Ashla because the only one like what's his face didn't come there. Oh, he might have actually. I, I I don't know what that information was spread. You know, 
Oh, you know what? You're right. The book was meant for somebody else that he was tracking. Well, well, so, well, even, well even then, like the Inquisitor that came in now, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't know if he, um, if he knew the name of the Jedi that he was tracking. He might have just been told that, hey, there's a Jedi over here. Come and get them. The the yeah. the, the, the guy who ratted them out might not have given details. Well, hopefully, he did it. I I don't know. I I like this fight and stuff. It's just. My 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 lower head is like I hopefully they didn't retcon this because I really like the story of the the book and this one's fine don't get me wrong but it's not it's not to the level of the book at all. Yeah, well, and I mean, you, I I don't think there can be a harder. I don't think there can be a harder transition there either from going from a short to a book like that's that's about as as highly detailed to as little detail as you get. Exactly. It, it, I don't know. And then it's like, if they were going to make a retcon, and this is the reason that I really don't think it's a retcon, I just think it's a separate event, is they were different Inquisitors, because the Inquisitors that are the Inquisitor that Soka gets her lightsaber from is already in the comic books. Like They've shown that specific Inquisitor, so it's got a model and exactly the way it looks. So, and this Inquisitor that we have now is completely different. So, hopefully, they're two separate events. Yeah, I, well, and especially, this is one of those things um, that they can, I think CG kind of does this with the game a lot of times. Like, sometimes something will start to go away, and, or something will start to go a certain way that it wasn't supposed to, but they'll see, they'll see the reaction, like, among the, the player base or the fans or whatever, and they'll just push it in the direction the community wants to go. Be like, oh yeah, that was our intention all along. So I, I could definitely see that happening here where they might have meant it as a retcon, but once they see people are upset about it, they're like, oh no, this uh, this was actually like a different event. Like, you know, some of you thought it was all along. Like, aha, we, we, we knew what we were doing. Um, yeah. I, 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 I could definitely see it go uh, in that direction. But yeah, so, all right, man. Dooku. What did you yeah. think of the Dooku stories? And these really... They run in one a little bit different from Ahsoka. They run in one conscious story. Like th- this is one streamlined yeah. event. So, yeah, just go for it. Uh, this one was really cool. Um, at first, Duke's voice kind of threw me off a little bit. And I think it's because I haven't heard it in so long. It, it's the same actor that did him before. Yep. It's the same one that does Cad Bane. And uh, after a little bit, I was perfectly back to normal. And I was like, okay, this is Duku. And then it was cool to see that Liam Neeson's son did Young Qui Gon. <laughs> I don't know. It just that was cool. That to is do. really cool. Uh, but but this first story, it, it was it was cool um, to see him turn, and then it, it gives a big factor of why he turned. And I love that they kept it consistent with the EU version of mm-hmm. Dooku, because Dooku was all about order, all about like the Jedi aren't doing what they're supposed to, and he in his mind had a vision for the Jedi. And what the Jedi are at present is not that. And then that's the biggest conflict in Dooku's head. Well, and it, it ties everything together. Like, it doesn't it doesn't disagree with anything we already know. And it, quite frankly, it adds to it. It, it adds a significant amount uh, to what we already know about all the characters involved. Like, we know, we know like you said, we knew, we knew Dooku was a Jedi. We knew that he turned... But we didn't 100% know like what the actual instances of those fights looked like. And this is actually 
this is the series that I have been asking for for a long time. I don't know if you remember this in our previous conversations, but what I really wanted to see was specifically um, in a time of peace, so significantly before the Clone Wars, which I guess the first few episodes were, was Dooku and Qui-Gon, them by name, going out in the universe and actually keeping the peace rather than being generals. And this, even this moment, though, realizing after watching it, isn't quite that because we can see that they're already um i'm not sure if corruption is the right word by this point but they're already getting their hand too far into politics um and and dooku sees that he, he again something that has been built in star wars ever since the prequels and has only been uh i think built on with the uh, with the clone Wars series is that mace is like the epitome of that he is Sorry, dude. He has everything that is wrong with the Jedi. Um, yeah, he he's using it as a means. Like the, I think I think it was uh, Star Wars theory or whatever his name is. He made the comment that, and I, I think he's right that if Anakin and Mace killed Palpatine in that moment without a trial, they they would have gone to trial. Like that, that was that was not necessarily the correct action. I know you know extreme times can call for extreme measures, and that morally for us looking at that, that probably was the correct move. Um, but that that wasn't the really the right thing to do in that moment. Um, so yeah, it, it added to all that. But I did I love seeing young Qui Gon. I love seeing how the corruption had already started to seep in, and how the Jedi had already kind of turned a blind eye to it. We, we've already seen that a bunch with I think particularly to slavery. And the galaxy most lived out, and you know the fact that the Jedi just kind of let Anakin's mom die, and they don't they don't care at all. And it's not even just they don't care because it's not Anakin's mom, but they just don't they they didn't make a conscious effort about slavery. And I guess we saw that a lot in um, Clone Wars season seven. So yeah, uh, lots of really good stuff. Love seeing more of Duke. And I, I felt I felt it was pretty cool too because I've read the I think you have too. I think you're the one who suggested it to me. The the Dooku book, uh, both of them actually. You know what, and that that brings out a good point. I love seeing the interaction between Dooku and Qui-Gon. It's almost an opposite of Anakin and Obi-Wan, where it kind of gives you a glimpse of what Anakin would have been like if he was the master and Obi-Wan was the apprentice. And it's kind of sad for Qui-Gon, too. He's got to be the one to calm down Count Dooku when he's the apprentice. And this is not the first occasion. And speaking of that book that you brought out, like, Qui-Gon's used Force Lightning before he was even a Sith, while he was still a Jedi, against um, like an alphabet serial killer. So it, it's interesting to see him almost use another dark side ability, which is the Force Choke on somebody else, and, it, and doing it openly too. Like, very similar to different situations we see Anakin in the Clone Wars too. It's like their willingness to go beyond what their limitations are is kind of what flirts them with the dark side and it kind of pulls them in eventually. Yeah, and it does. I mean, it, in a way, it kind of mirrors all the other ones too. Like, we do see a certain amount of similarities between um, between even Anakin and Dooku. Like, I would say their motives, their motives are fairly different, but the path is very much the same. Both of them get are really seduced by Palpatine. That that's ultimately what it comes yeah. down to. Like, yeah, Duke West's issues, Anakin has his issues, 
But the one who turns and manipulate and makes the ball move is Palpatine. And he does Palpatine as the ultimate manipulator and the ultimate seducer. Like, this isn't his first time doing this, too. Like, he's done it to Panaka. Yep. He, and this is something I was going to bring out last Andor review. He did the same exact thing to, um, to um, oh my gosh, Wookiee Lauren. Yep, 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 yep. He, he did the same thing to Tarkin, too. Like, the, the list goes on. Like, Masamita, Slime Moore. Like, he manipulates all these people to do his biddings. Like, and it's crazy, like, the powerhouses he has, like, in his cabinet. Like, it's absolutely insane. And I think that's probably the most dangerous and best skill that Papa Neaton has is to just absolutely control their emotions and to control the people that he has under him. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it, it ultimately, again, the, the story of Dooku in this series, it doesn't take away, it, it only adds, which is really, for new, new Star Wars content that has old content mixed in, like characters or themes that we've already seen, I, I, that's what it needs to do. Um, I think the last thing we need to probably address before we sign off is, uh, so we got the most information we have ever gotten about Yaddle, and she croaks. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Oh man, I, I I like her death way more in canon than I do in EU. In EU, she actually dies from a bomb, yeah, and dies saving or saving the etiquette on like a bridge or something like that. And I, I like this version so much more. It makes me sad in a way too because it's like I was hoping that maybe we would see her post um, Return of the Jedi because her name had been floating around. Oh. It, and now it kind of scares me too. It's like Yario Poof and um, Opal Rancisis. Like, are they alive now too? Because those are two Jedis that mysteriously went missing. Um, Have you. Between episode one and... So huh? we know you're. <laughs> this, is, this is so dumb. We know you're all Poof is alive. You know how? Huh. Have you seen the robot chicken specials? Oh my gosh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. There, I, th- this is a tangent we don't need to go on, but I, I, bi- I binged those quite a few times, and gosh, there are some funny stuff in there. Like, died from <laughs> sadness. W- w- like, what, are, what is your degree in philosophy or something like that? Uh, so, <laughs> such funny moments in those. Anyways, but yeah, so, Yaddle died, and I... I, I, I'm not sure what to make of it. Um, I knew that the instant that she walked into that room and addressed Dooku, that she was dead. Like, th- we don't see her afterwards. There's no way she made it out and didn't tell anyone. Um, so th- the second she appeared, she, w- she was dead in the water. And um, really, the second she heard anything, she was dead in the water. But uh, I do, someone made the comment, I, I can't give them credit, but someone out there, someone who exists, made the comment that this really does show, as Luke said in Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, the hubris of the Jedi is what killed them. Like, yes, Palpatine manipulated them. He took control. He was the one who kind of made things go, but it was the hubris of the Jedi that allowed it. And we even see that here, that Yaddle thinks if she tells him, or if she talks to him, or she convinces him, she can get Duke on her side, and they together can defeat Sidious. Like, that's... That's her intention in this confrontation. And it's really, it's really pretty stupid. Like that, if he's already in contact with the Sith Lord, 
and he's been doing this stuff. He's already in too deep. Um, like, I don't... This is going to be a really weird comparison, but I have, um, like, sometimes close friends who, like, make really big life decisions, and then I see people go out there and be like, oh, you shouldn't do that, or you can't, you, you can't be that. And I'm like, this person probably spent, like, the better half of 10 <laughs> years or more or whatever thinking about this huge life decision. You coming up and telling them, like, yeah. oh, you can't do that or you can't be this... Um, it, it, it's you're you're not you're not gonna get anywhere like that. You're you're not gonna change anything. And I I, I felt that a lot here with Yaddle her coming up. Like this has been going on for years. Like in this interaction with him and Sidious, this is this has been there for a long time. You coming in and saying, "Hey, that's bad," is not going to change the outcome. You you're just gonna kill yourself, which is which is what happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was right there with you too. As soon as Yaddle saw Sidious, I knew it was a wrap. I'm like standing up on my couch, like um, on my couch, like, girl, get out of there. Like, you're going to die. Like, I did not want her to die so bad. But as soon as she saw him, I knew it was a wrap for her. But I, I will say, like, she had a lot of epic moments. And um, I, I love that when it, during the fight that Dooku beats her, he crushes her with the, the, the door. She gets up, and that's a powerful moment. And she still tries to get Dooku, but he's just way too far gone. Um, and then also, I, I really liked in this fight because it has implications throughout the Star Wars universe and throughout the time period after that. Because you think about it, Dooku just bested Yaddle. Yeah. So during their fight in episode two, I think that's why you see Dooku with a little bit of confidence going in against Yoda. He's like, I already took out one of your species. Yep. I already have start with you countless times in the Jedi Temple. I think I got you, especially with my newfound powers and Sith. So it, it, it just adds another layer to that fight as well. And I gotta say, I gotta love Sidious in the background cackling and just really just prodding him on and on and on. And it, it, it is sad too. Like you, you have to view Dooku as a little bit of a tragic character too, almost in the same vein as Anakin. Yeah, no, yeah, there de there definitely is a lot of that in turn. I think there, Dooku's a little bit different because I think there's more maturity in Dooku. And he, I would, they both turned out of desperation, but it felt like Dooku had tried. Like, he had tried with the Jedi Order. Like, he, he put in the work, and while he did lean to the dark side every now and then, like, I, like I said, I, I would blame the Jedi, legitimately. They, they, the Jedi Council of the, the prequel era, um... They could have prevented both of these from happening. Both Dooku and Anakin turning yeah. to the dark side. Um, and they didn't, so... But... Oh, last thing. Last thing it, I wanted it, to talk to you about. Um, oh, sorry, you are going to say? No, I just said... I just loved how they kept it consistent with EU2, because, like, in the... I think it was the novelization of um, Return... or Revenge of the Sith. Um... Dooku talks about his like motivations of becoming a Sith, and Palpatine basically promised that he would be able to start almost a new Jedi Order type thing with the Sith. Oh, I don't know. And doubt they it. would be the and they would be the protector. So the Jedi would almost become in his image. So they would be the ones to enforce the rules, not be held back by this code like Mace Windu was, but to be more active in protecting the people. So it almost makes Dooku seem like he's doing these bad stuff to to do the right thing eventually. It's just he goes so far down the rabbit hole 
that he ends up becoming what he's fighting against. And it's and it has a very similar tone to this in that he he tells Yaddle like they're not doing what they're supposed to do. I'm doing something that's active and that's going to help the galaxy, but it ends up that Dooku is the one that hurts the galaxy the most. Uh this is actually not to get different type of nerdy, but Lord of the Rings. This is the same exact thing that happens with Christopher Lee's character there as Saruman. And he, he gets essentially seduced by the dark side, a.k.a. Sauron himself. And Gandalf looks at him, he's like, I'm, 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 this is going to be wildly paraphrased, so don't get mad at me. But like, I don't know what he's promised you, but the only the one who is after the ring, he doesn't share power. Like, Sidious is the exact same way, even, even with Vader. Um... Even if Vader didn't turn into, you know, the robo-machine that he is, Palpatine was never looking for a partnership. Never. He, he was no. looking for his own gain, and him and him alone. He Palpatine does not share power, and that, that's, that's consistent throughout pretty much the entire... pretty much throughout the entire saga of him being the villain. And, yeah, I don't... It is kind of interesting, though, that there is that parallel between the two of them, especially with it being the same actor. Yeah, I don't know. You lost me a Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's cool though. Ba- basically, bottom line, got promised the world and got his head chopped off. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. But I see. I think that pretty much does it for today. Do you have anything you'd like to say before we head off? Um, no, just uh, check out the YouTube channel. Like I mentioned earlier, that video of solo based, like if you want to really, really prepare for this next um, set of data crons, it's definitely a must watch. Like solo really gets in there. Uh, I'm basically your average guy asking questions and um, I'm definitely going to do a lot of stuff that we talked about in there. Kind of. I can't get your YouTube to come up. Mine came up, which that's not helpful. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so if you're listening to this now, their podcast or Twitch forum, go ahead and check out Tilo's YouTube with Solo. I've, I, I, I watched the video. It does have a lot of really good things in there, especially if you're, you're kind of just wanting someone to lay it all out there for you. That's a really good resource to use right now. Yeah. Other thing I guess we should probably mention, this isn't going to affect many things, but I am going to be out of the country for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to try our best to keep the, the podcast version of this going. We, that should be pretty consistent um at least for actually being released but we're probably not gonna we're not gonna we're definitely not gonna be on my twitch account uh we might be streaming at some point depending on what tilo has or wants to do but uh just so everyone's aware that's this stream as it is will probably not exist for the month of november cool cool yeah we'll figure it out definitely hopefully i have internet (laughs) yeah hopefully i do man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like i guess i guess there's two of us in that in that same boat but all right guys we're gonna be heading over to, we're gonna right over to the wolf right now but i want to thank everyone for being here appreciate you guys as always thanks for talking as well about the tales of the jedi until the next time stay mad awesome <laughs>